The 55th legislature is open and YNMG is back at it with coverage of what's happening at the Roundhouse. I am here with Laura Paskis, one of our media partners at New Mexico PBS and our resident climate change expert. Laura, thanks for being with me. Thanks for having me, Khalil. Water is the central issue with Senate Bill 86, and it is the Clean Water Act and proposed amendments. If passed, it will impose fines on operations that really do not comply with the disposal of produced water. Can you quickly walk me through New Mexico's history with produced water? So the oil and gas industry in New Mexico uses a ton of water. And the water that the oil and gas industry uses is different from the water that, say, farmers use or the water that cities use. Because the water that farmers or cities use kind of stays in our stays in our cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Seeps into the groundwater. It gets flushed down the toilets and cleaned and used by the next water user. So the oil and gas industry uses basically fresh water, and then they create what's called produced water, which has oil in it, radionuclides, the chemicals that they use in fracking. Hmm. And so that water, we don't want that water back in our water cycle. And they use a lot of water, which means they contaminate a lot of water. I was looking up the numbers recently because the oil and gas industry downplays the amount of water that they use in New Mexico. And they tend to talk about it in terms of percentages, that they only use a very small percentage of New Mexico's water. Mm-hmm. But I was looking it up, and in 2016, which there's a lot more wells than there were back then, they used 900 million barrels okay. or 37.8 billion gallons Wow! water. Wow. It's not a small amount of water, and the majority of that is not recycled by the oil and gas industry. It's disposed of. It's re-injected into the ground, and that water can't be used for other purposes because it's contaminated. So a couple of years ago, the state started looking at how do we use that water that's being wasted. And what this bill and what activists are trying to get at is the oil and gas industry should not be using fresh water in the first place. Mm. They should be using that water that can't be used in farming, that can't be used for drinking water purposes. And so this law, as it's been proposed, would make some pretty drastic changes to the industry. We don't have that much fresh water to begin with. So how does the use of water and this fresh water for these fracking and oil and gas projects, how does that affect our agricultural industries? Well, a lot of what's been happening, particularly down in the southeastern part of the state, is people who can no longer make a living ranching or farming have sold their water rights or leased their water rights to the oil and gas industry. So that's one way that they get water. They can also have a permit to pump groundwater. You know, southeastern New Mexico is a really interesting place because it was a big area for ranching. There is a lot of farming in that area. And now it's really become an industrialized oil and gas landscape. Mm-hmm. You know, I was reading last month the reports of a settlement between WPX Energy and a family in Carlsbad as it hit the news after a pipe had burst and wastewater destroyed the family's property and they had to put down several pets and a good number of their livestock. So how does this highlight the case that the sponsors of the bill are making, like the effect, immediate dangers of this toxic water getting into on New Mexicans' property and, and into them? Yeah, there's the contamination 
aspect when there is an accident, when there are spills. There's all kinds of like those sorts of environmental and public health impacts. But there's also just the fact that we live in a water-constrained landscape. You know, we live in an arid state where water is water is everything, right? We don't survive without water and we don't survive without thinking about long-term protection of water resources. So do we want to use our water in ways that basically permanently contaminates it because it would be so expensive to clean up? Or do we want to use our water in ways that it can continue to be used in the water cycle? Mm -hmm. That's very important. We're going to need that. Now, what do those who oppose this measure, what are they saying? You know, the oil and gas industry never likes regulations and never likes changes. Like many industries, the oil and gas industry has been able to operate with pretty low costs. They have access to land for very cheap, water for very cheap, and and so they don't like changes. And so one of the things I saw in a story that Adrian Hedden down at the Carlsbad Current Argus wrote industry saying that if this happens, they're just going to have to go to Texas. They won't be able to operate in New Mexico anymore. I feel like that's really a threat that no matter what we're talking about, water, tightening up methane leaks, giving state agencies the authority to rein in polluters, the threat is always we're going to go to Texas. Mm. And the fact is the resource is still here in New Mexico and industry profits off that resource. And so I've often wondered why why New Mexico, why regulators, why states and and federal governments are so reluctant to impose rules on an industry that relies so intensely on our lands, our waters, our labor force. You know, I think it's um, an interesting bill, and I think it's an interesting time for state officials to be talking about how do we protect our resources. Yeah, you know, because it's like these opposition claims of enacting these regulations on oil and gas companies. They say that it'll decrease New Mexico's ability to compete with other oil and gas producing states. And like what you said, it's kind of like, I'll take our, I'll take my oil rig and go home. It leads me to my next question about House Bill 9. That addresses climate change solutions and the creation of a climate leadership council. But before we talk about the council and what's it composed of, one of the goals of the bill is to not only to fight and prepare for climate change, but it also lifts the state economy in doing so. Can you explain that? Yes. So one of the things that I think you and I have talked about in the past and is a really big point of discussion right now is New Mexico needs to diversify its economy. We need to diversify our economy away from reliance on fossil fuels, not just because that's an industry that is causing climate change, but it's also an industry that does not have a strong long-term outlook. Mm -hmm. And so New Mexico, you know, we've kind of been kicking this idea around for about 40 years now that we need to diversify our economy, but it's been a hard thing for New Mexico to let go of. You know, this is like this really exciting moment in history where we see the consequences of 
what will happen to the state if we don't diversify, that the fossil fuel industry is not a sustainable industry for many different reasons. 2020, with the shutdown of basically the global economy or the extreme slowdown, it really changed the power that the oil and gas industry had globally. Do you see any of those effects here in the state? I do. I think COVID really also exposed the vulnerability of that industry and that industry's reliance on our constant need for continued consumption. Mm -hmm. I know like these are really difficult times and I never mean to take away from the very real hardships that families and communities are facing in this extraordinary time that we're in right now. But there are so many exciting opportunities for us to think about changing the ways that we have operated our societies and our communities over the past century. Mm -hmm. And I think pulling away from reliance on oil and gas in that global market is a really important and exciting thing for us to think about, to think about having less pollution in our communities, less dangerous jobs for these workers. There's so many great opportunities. And, you know, one of the things that I really think is interesting about the Climate Solutions Act, this House Bill 9, that's moving through the legislature right now, is the sponsors are talking about all these different aspects, including how to protect frontline communities, how to transition away from oil and gas jobs into other sustainable jobs. You know, they're talking about things on the mitigation side in terms of how do we cut our greenhouse gases so that we stop accelerating climate change, but they're also looking at adaptation efforts Mm -hmm. and how we deal with things like water scarcity, particularly in rural communities and communities at risk. And so, you know, I wish that New Mexico had had leadership 20 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago that took on something like this. Mm -hmm. But I'm really happy to see the Climate Solutions Act moving through the legislature this year. Now, the Climate Solutions Act calls for a council to kind of head up a lot of these efforts and initiatives. Who makes up this council? That's a good question. It would be a part of one of the state agencies, the Energy, Minerals, and Natural Resources Department, but it would include all the cabinet secretaries from Mm -hmm. state agencies and advisory members from the state land office, and then also tribal governments, local governments, and then different people who are experts who live within impacted communities. It would be a broad membership. Okay. So it seems like everyone they can think of is included as, you know, (laughs) the climate affects all of us. Let me ask, where does New Mexico rank in climate change emissions? I can't answer that definitively, but we are among the states that is definitely contributing to climate change. (laughs) So, yeah, as an oil producer, as a natural gas producer, you know, having tens of thousands of wells across our state, which leak methane, even if they're not producing oil or gas for consumption and burned off, they're also leaking greenhouse gas emissions from their infrastructure. So we are a contributor and we're also one of the places experiencing climate change at an accelerated pace. Mm. So we all, each of us really has an important role to play in addressing climate change in terms of 
cutting emissions and also making sure our communities have ways of adapting. Yeah, it's a lot more than recycling. You're going to have to decide to walk instead of driving if we all yes. are really going to make it a point. Now, what can we expect next with SB 86, the Senate Bill 86 and House Bill 9? Where are they at now? House Bill 9 is currently in the House State Government Elections and Indian Affairs Committee. It still has a ways to go through committees, and it's the same with the produced water bill. It squeaked through a committee earlier this week, but still, you know, it's still early in the session. Both bills have committees to go and and votes to be taken and lobbyists to have weighed in. Yes, and also their constituents to let them know how they feel about it as well. Well, I want to thank you for joining us again on the show and giving us the 411 on our environmental situation. She is Laura Paskis, climate reporter from one of our partners, New Mexico PBS. Laura, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. I feel like I learned something new and I'm inspired to do something about climate change. Thanks again. Thank you so much, Khalil.